Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team Ready. Ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is. So they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready. Welcome to the MLB Daily Podcast. I'm Brandon Karam alongside LJ LaFiora, and this is a Belly Up Sports Podcast, a part of the Belly Up Sports Podcast Network. On today's episode, we are going to be recapping all of the MLB games from Tuesday, April 13th. Uh, We're going to be talking a little bit. We have a few... uh, segments that we want to do after our game recaps that we do of course uh every day and then we also have a a couple more things that we wanted to talk about as always i'm joined by uh belly up sports boston red sox beat writer lj lafiora lj how are you doing i am doing pretty good brandon i'm living the dream here watching baseball writing baseball talking baseball it's a baseball Everything world. Baseball. We're just living in it. Um, Brandon, is this a good time to talk about what's going to be happening Thursday? Uh, sure. Um, so we are going to give something a little try. Hopefully we can get some of you guys on there and doing it with me. But we are going to try our first live stream of the podcast. And we will. what we'll be doing during this is I'll be on and I will be playing the game out of the park baseball i almost i almost always say it wrong so i will probably do that on the stream ootp it is one of brandon can attest to this one of the greatest games out there the best baseball simulator there is and it's really just a lot of fun to play with so i would love to play with you guys get you guys in the comments take your feedback into what we do on the game and really just have fun with it. I mean, I think that'll be a good time. And if it works out well, we can make this into a more regular thing. Yeah, uh, it's certainly a really fun game. Uh, LJ and I have both put way too many hours in it. Mm-hmm. And in, in, instead of studying for tests and such in college, we uh, put countless amount of hours into OOTP. But uh, yeah, it's a really, really fun game. Uh, it's going to be nice to see uh, LJ streaming it. Uh, LJ, how exactly are we going to be uh, be a streaming that again? We will be streaming that on Periscope, possibly the Belly Up Sports YouTube channel, possibly a Twitch channel if we set that up. I still have to get that stuff all figured out, but I will have that all squared away before tomorrow's episode so you guys can have that. And it will be 8 to 9 o'clock on Thursday night. So that'll be half hour, half hour after the corner booth podcast. Make sure you go check them out during their live show. And then we will be on a half hour after. LJ, I'm going to be honest with you. I'm not sure how much I will be able to uh, be in that live stream as I will be on a flight 
uh, that leaves at eight o'clock. I am flying to Orlando on Thursday night. So uh, I'm not sure if I will be able to pop in the stream. Uh, you might, you guys might, might uh, see me boarding onto the plane, but uh, yeah, uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm really happy that, that we're doing something with out of the park baseball, but uh yeah, LJ, would you like to, uh, any other words? And then would you like to get into our game recaps? No, I just really want to get into this recap today, Brandon. I had a very fun day. So we're going to start off with the Red Sox and the Twins. And Brandon, happy Perez Day. Happy Perez Day to one and all. Martin, yes. Martin Perez looked really strong today, going five innings and allowing only two earned runs in the snow. He left the game with the Red Sox trailing 2-0. After that, the Red Sox scored two in the fifth on Hunter Renfro's first home run as a Red Sox and a Bobby Dahlbeck double. They added a Rafael Devers home run and another RBI for Dahlbeck to make it a 4-2 final. Give the win to Adam Ottavino, the loss to Randy Dobnak, and the save to Matt Barnes, his first of the season. He's really had a hot hand so far after coming back from that brief mix-up with the COVID IL. Uh, these two teams will play a two, a seven-inning doubleheader tomorrow to make up for the game that they lost on Monday. That will still start at 2.30, and the second game will start a half hour after the first ends. I forgot to mention prior to starting this, the, these, uh, these game of recaps for today, we had 17 games occur on Tuesday, April 13th, due to there being two uh, double headers in the league. So uh, we're going to try to go through this, this a game of recap as quick as possible, uh, just so it's not uh, very boring for you guys. So uh, let's keep moving on. Uh, we have the Miami Marlins and the Atlanta Braves. The Braves score three in the first inning on an Ozzie Albies home run and then a Marcel Ozuna home run. However, the Miami Marlins would tie it in the top of the second. The Braves would add a run uh, in the bottom of the second, and the Marlins would retie it in the third. So that's a 4-4 score after three innings. And from there on, the Marlins outscore the Braves 10 to 4, coasting them to a 14 to 8 victory. Offensive highlights for the Marlins come from Adam Duvall, who goes four for five with two home runs and seven RBIs. He also had a home run the day before this. So he's swinging a hot bat against his uh, 2020 team. Remember, he signed with the Marlins this offseason. And then the other guy who, who came up big for the, the Marlins was Brian Anderson, three for five with a home run and three RBIs. And that propelled them to that 14 to eight victory. The win goes to John Curtis out of the bullpen, one and two thirds innings along one hit, striking out two. He's one and zero on the year. The loss goes to Atlanta starter Max Fried. He's zero and one. He goes four innings, allowing nine hits, seven earned runs. He got uh, rocked today. The Miami Marlins are four and six, and the Atlanta Braves are four and seven. They play again today with Nick Nider going for the Marlins and Charlie Morton for the Braves. All right. Next up, we got the Cubs and the Brewers. 
Luis Furious gave the Brewers a 2-0 lead in the second on a home run, a lead they kept until the eighth. When down one, Chicago's Wilson Contreras went yard, 430 feet, driving in two, including the winning run. Your final was 3-2 Chicago. The winning pitcher will be Pedro Stroop, the loss to Brent Suter, and the save to Craig Kimbrell, his third on the year. Brandon Woodruff went six innings, allowing one earned run and strict strikeouts, while Alec Mills made it four innings, allowing two earned runs. These two teams will play today, and you've got Jake Arrieta against Corbin Burns, an incredibly good matchup. Jake Arrieta and Corbin Burns have both been hot, but we also should be interested to see any aftermath to what happened in this game where, Brandon, it appears that one of the Chicago relievers decided to throw at the legs of Brandon Woodruff in one of his at-bats late in that game. So we have no clue what would come of that, what could come of that, but it certainly must watch television on MLB Network if you're out of market. Yeah, uh, Brandon Woodruff, uh, my NL Cy Young pick of the year. Uh, you know, he gets a no decision in this one, but he pitched very well. He's having a great start to his year so far. Really, that entire uh, Milwaukee starting rotation has been very, very good. But, uh, yeah, certainly uh, we're going to have to keep tabs on that situation. That's for sure. All right, moving on to the Washington Nationals and the St. Louis Cardinals. Paul Goldschmidt opened up the scoring with a home run in the first inning, but a Juan Soto double in the third would tie it one-to-one. In the bottom of the third, both Nolan Arenado and Matt Carpenter would homer to give the Cardinals a five-to-one lead, but then the Cardinals would get a huge offensive effort in the fifth inning, scoring nine runs, highlighted by five RBI singles and two sack flies, to make it 14 to one and the final score would be 14 to three. The win goes to Jack Flaherty, who is now two and O on the year. He goes five innings long, three hits, one run and six K's. The loss goes to Steven Strasburg, who had a rough outing today. He only makes it four innings, allowing eight hits, seven runs, five walks. That's pretty unusual for him and striking out three batters. The Washington Nationals are now two and six. The Cardinals are six and five. Joe Ross starts for the Nationals today, and Adam Wainwright will go for the Cardinals. All right. In our Angels Royals game, Kansas City got out to an early two nothing lead thanks to two Carlos Santana RBIs. The Angels got a boost from Shohei Otani's homer, but couldn't surpass Dan Duffy's performance and fell three to two. It should be acknowledged a great play by Salvador Perez to end the game. David Fletcher got a little too far out from third base, and he gunned him down. Give the win to Dan Duffy. He now has two on the year. He went six innings, allowing one earned run and striking out six batters for my fantasy team. The loss to Dylan Bundy, who is now 0-1. He went seven innings, allowing two earned runs and striking out six. And the save goes to Greg Holland. These two teams will play today with Griffin Canning going up against Brad Keller for Kansas City. On to the Indians and White Sox. And uh, I had said uh, 
yesterday that this game was going to be very good, and it turned out that this was one of the best games of the night. Both starting pitchers uh, with scoreless outings. It was the ace for, for both teams. Lucas Giolito of the White Sox, he goes seven scoreless, uh, allowing three hits and striking out eight guys. Shane Bieber goes all nine scoreless, uh, allowing three hits and striking out 11 batters. And this game would go to extra innings uh, scoreless. Uh, yeah, really, really good pitching performance from, from uh, both staffs. In the top of the 10th, the Cleveland Indians would jump on Chicago White Sox re- relief pitcher Garrett Crochet on a Roberto Perez single and Ahmed Rosario double. That would play two runs, and it would be enough for an Indians victory two to nothing. The win goes to Shane Shane Bieber. I already said his line, nine innings, three hits, 11 Ks, allowing no runs. Uh, he's now one and one on the year and takes uh, sole possession of the um, most strikeouts in the league so far this year. The loss goes to, to Garrett Crochet, who pitched that 10th inning. Uh, he's 0-2 on the year. He, get, he goes one-third of an inning, allowing two hits. No earned runs, though, as there was an error. And then along with that inherited, uh, the inherited base runner in the extra inning. So that doesn't count as an earned run either. The save goes to James Karinchak, his first of the year. Uh, he pitches the bottom of the 10th, uh, striking out one batter, no hits, no runs. So the Indians are now six and four and the White Sox are five and six. It will be Zach Plezak starting for the Indians today and Carlos Rondon for the White Sox. Brandon, before we get going, I know we had a good flow going here. Is tomorrow a special day in the MLB or no? Is Tom, so let's see, Tom, Tom, uh, because I know, I know tomorrow Jackie being day the 14th Thursday. or the, or the 15th, the 14th. So, or yeah. So today, I'm sorry. Um, because the 15th is Jackie Robinson day. However, for some unknown reason, my entire MLB.com page right now is in Spanish. So I didn't yeah, know I... <laughs> all the, all the team names are in Spanish and I'm not really sure what's going on. So I was like, maybe this is some sort of like appreciation day, but I, I can't do not think anything. so. All right. Well, I guess we have the Rojos and the Gigantes next, and that is the laser show of the day. Pew, 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 pew. Joey Votto and Mike Moustakis got the big red contraption out to a 4-0 lead on Dingers, but San Fran responded with tying homers from Brandon Carl Crawford and Mike Yaskremchi, trailing by one with, in the sixth. Evan Longoria also unloaded a game-tying home run, his fourth of the year. The deciding run came off the bat of Wilmer Flores, a sack fly in a 6-6 ball game. Your final is 7-6 Giants. Give the win to Peralta, the loss to Perez, the save to Will Smith, his fifth on the year. Luis Castillo went five innings, allowing four earned runs and striking out seven batters. And for San Francisco, they had Kevin Gaussman out on the mound. He went six innings, allowing five earned runs and striking out seven batters. They will play today with Tyler Molly and Johnny Cueto on the mound. Moving on to the Tigers and the Astros. 
Houston would would jump out to a 1-0 lead on a Miles Straw RBI single in the second inning. However, the Tigers would respond with four home runs over the next three innings. Those coming from Akil Badu because, of Bless course, you. he hit another home run. He has been absolutely on fire to start this year. Uh, other home runs coming from Nomar Mazzara, Renato Nunez, and then Wilson Ramos. It would be 7-1 Tigers after five innings. Wilson Ramos would go yard again in the top of the ninth. His sixth home run of the year, becoming the first player to hit six home runs. Uh, heading into today, he, was, he only had four. He goes yard twice in this game, giving him six. Hashtag, we are not a math podcast, but I can do that calculation. Uh, and those two home runs would cap off a Tigers 8-2 to two win. Give the win to Matthew Boyd, who is actually having a fantastic start to, to this year. Uh, he's now 2-1. He goes 6 and two thirds innings, allowing six hits, and only allowing that Portland Astros lineup to score one run. He strikes out four. The loss goes to Jake Odorizzi, three and a third innings, allowing seven hits, five runs, and striking out four. The Tigers are now five and six, and the Astros six and five. It will be Michael Fulmer going for the Tigers today, and he will take on Lance McCullers Jr. Next up, we've got the Rockies and the Dodgers. Corey Seager, Chris Taylor, Mookie Betts, and Gavin Lux all hit solo home runs as part of Los Angeles' seven runs in the game. Meanwhile, Trevor Bauer was dealing tonight. Seven innings, one hit, and nine strikeouts. David Price had a clean eighth inning, and the Dodgers went on to win in the ninth, seven to nothing. Give the win to Trevor Bauer and the loss to Antonio Senzatella. His second loss on the season, he is one and two. He went two and two-thirds of an inning, allowing four earned runs. These two teams will play again today. They've got John Gray on the mound for the Rockies and Dustin May for the Dodgers. Moving on to the Oakland A's, taking on the Arizona Diamondbacks in Arizona. The, the Diamondbacks took a 5-0 lead after three innings thanks to a Carson Kelly three-run home run and, and an Asdrubal Cabrera double. The A's would get one run back in the fourth inning on a Steven Piscotty home run. And then they would score six runs in the seventh through ninth innings coming from a Mark Canna single, a Jed Lowry home run, a Seth Brown home run, and a Matt Chapman triple. That gave the A's a 7-5 to five come from behind win uh, with them starting off down five after three. So nice comeback win for the A's. And you can give the win to Yusmero Petit, who is now 3-0 and on the year. Uh, Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. 
Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. He has been a very good uh, bright spot out of this Oakland bullpen uh, so far this year. He only pitches uh, to one batter, and he's able to get the win out of it. So one-third of an inning, no hits, no runs. The loss goes to Anthony Swarzak. He's 0-1 on the year. He goes one inning, allowing two hits and one run. The save goes to Lou Trevino, his first of the year for Oakland. He pitches a clean ninth inning. The A's are five and seven and the the Diamondbacks fall to four and eight. These teams are off today. Arizona will travel to Washington and they start a series Thursday and Oakland will host the Tigers that series also starting on Thursday. All right now we have our first of our two double headers that were today the Marineros and the Orioles. Homers by Ty France and Tom Murphy helped Seattle to a 3-0 lead early on. After giving up the lead, Mariner Kyle Seeger drove in the game's winning run in the top of the eighth. They went win 4-3. Give the win to Montero, the loss to Tanner Scott, and the save to Kendall Graveman. Justice Sheffield went six innings, allowing two earned runs and five strikeouts, while John Means went five innings, allowing three earned runs on to the Philadelphia Phillies and the New York Mets the first game of their doubleheader the Mets would get on the board in the first inning with a Dom Smith two-run home run however the the Phillies would tie it up in the sixth inning on a Gene Segura single and this one would go to extras of course these these games only being seven innings long so extra innings like in that first game LJ just talked about, it is the eighth inning, uh, the first extra inning, which means you will have runners on base and all the other uh, jazz. D.D. Gregorius gives the, the Phillies a 3-2 th- lead on a, a single in the eighth inning. However, in the bottom of the eighth, the Mets would rally on Pete Alonso and Jonathan B.R. singles to walk off win four to three give the win to Trevor May he's now one and one on the year uh he goes one inning allowing one hit no earned runs and striking out two the loss and the blown save to Hector Neris uh who pitches a third of an inning along three hits and one earned run all right game two of the Marineros and the Orioles the bats got going in the second game. It was a, and it was a six to four game in favor of Baltimore through six innings. In the top of the seventh, Sam Haggerty said, "I don't know what I've been told. This here save is getting blown." A game tying solo home run for Haggerty, tied in the bottom of the seventh. Ramon Urias hit an RBI single to win the game seven to six. Give that win to Cesar Valdez. The loss to Casey Sadler. Nick, Nick Margavius had a strong opening in the short, shortened game. 
he went three innings, allowing two earned runs. Dean Kremer had four earned runs in that same three-inning span. These two teams will play today. They have Justin Dunn on the mountain for the Marineros, and Matt Harvey will be making another start for the Orioles. Game two of the Philadelphia Phillies and the New York Mets. This one was scoreless until the fourth inning, uh, but the Mets would score three, starting with a Jonathan VR double and then a Brandon Nimmo single. Brandon Nimmo would add another RBI single in the sixth to make it 4 nothing Mets, and that would be your final score. The Mets take both games of the, the doubleheader. Give the win to Marcus Stroman for the Mets, who pitched a fantastic, uh, who had a fantastic start for them. He's 2-0 on the year. He went six of the seven innings, allowing four hits, no runs, and striking out three batters. The loss goes to Aaron Nola, who's now 0-1 on the year. He went five innings, allowing seven hits, three runs, and striking out seven batters. After the Mets sweep the, the doubleheader, they improved to four and three, and the Philadelphia Phillies fall to six and five. We have Zach Wheeler for the Phillies, and he'll be taking on David Peterson of the Mets today. Gee, that was a quick five days for Marcus Stroman, huh? <laughs> yeah. Really, really such a, uh, yeah, horrible, horrible, yeah. horrible wait. All right. Next up, we have. The Padres and the Piratas. The Pirates racked up the win, picked up the win against the Padres today, eight to four, while out hitting San Diego twelve to six. Give the win to Chris Stratton and the loss to Nabil Chrismet. Blake Snell was removed in the first inning after throwing thirty-eight pitches to get two outs and allowing three runs. Brandon, that's probably unideal. Yeah. Uh, I so I thought that when I when I first checked that that box score that he got hurt and no, no he just got taken out like thirty eight pitches in. Yeah, Jace Tingler just said, you know what? It's probably better to not have him fight through this because I mean, he's it's not the pirates. Out, he's not seeming <laughs> to get out of it at this point, so we might as well save him up. So I mean, hey, at least if I'm correct, that would get him back in time. He, he has the flexibility to get back in time for that Dodger series, which, they, which they've lined up most of their best guys to be there for that series. So that might, might be the best thing for the Padres. The Padres and the Paratas will play today. Joe Musgrove will be having his first start since his no-hitter for the Padres, and Tyler Anderson will be on the mound for Pittsburgh. Moving on to... The New York Yankees taking on the Toronto Blue Jays in Florida. Uh, this was a rough one for me to watch. I think I fell asleep in the seventh inning. I'm not going to lie. Uh, starts off with the Toronto Blue Jays scoring in the, in the bottom of the second inning on a Josh Palacio single. That would score two. Then in the bottom of the third, Randall Gritchick. Sack fly to make it three nothing, and in the fourth inning, the Toronto Blue Jays would pour it on some more. Marcus Simeon home run to left field, his fourth of the year, and then a Vladdy Jr. double would make it five nothing after four. 
However, they still weren't done in the bottom of the fifth inning. Rowdy Tellez, uh, who was in a big slump heading into that at bat. Of course, then he has to hit a home run to right field to bust the game wide open. Six nothing Toronto after five innings. The Yankees would get uh, a run on a on a ground out in the seventh, and then a Giancarlo Stanton single would would bring home two more. But it just was not enough, and the Yankees lose this one seven to three to the Toronto Blue Jays. Give the win to Toronto ace. Hyunjin Ryu, who has shut down the the Yankees both times he's played them this year. He started on opening day, remember. He's now 1-1 one one on the year. This is his first win of the season. Uh, he went six and two-thirds, allowing four hits, no runs, and striking out seven batters. The loss goes to Yankee starter Jamison Tyone, who has had a rough two starts, uh, with rough first two starts with the club. Uh, he's 0-1 on the year. He uh, went three and two-thirds, allowing eight hits, five runs, uh, striking out three. So you can give – or excuse me, there, there was no save in this game. Uh, but both teams are now five and six, and they play today at 1 o'clock with Corey Kluber going for the Yankees, and he'll take on Ross Stripling of Toronto. Our last game of the day. We've got Rangers Rays. Ryan Yarbrough got roughed up in his six-inning outing, allowing six earned runs without a home run. So it was just really consistent, just giving up those hits in the just the wrong times for him. The Rays fell to the Rangers 8-3. to Give the win to Kyle Gibson, his second on the year. He went seven innings, allowing one earned run. The loss, of course, will go to Ryan Yarbrough, his second on the year. He went six innings, allowing six earned runs, and striking out six batters they will play a game today they have Kohi Arihara on the mound for Texas and Josh Fleming will be the bulk inning guy for Tampa today now let's get into one of the best segments on this show particular players people should care about I believe we will go every other here between the two of us. And I will introduce our first guy here, Raphael Devers. Rafi, the kid, has now gotten four homers in four straight games. I mean, absolute monster so far. Of course, he didn't have had an incredibly slow start to the year. Even his second series um, really didn't start out that great. Actually, I believe I saw his first hit of the season in the second game of the Tampa series. But as soon as he turned on, the defense was there. The offense has certainly been there as he's been absolutely clobbering balls. I'm not sure if you saw it yesterday. Yeah, it was or two days ago where he hit that one to center field and he literally turned back around to the umpire just from how hard he hit it. It was like a recoil. It was it was pretty awesome. Not going to lie. Awesome for my, for my, my fantasy baseball team. I mean, well, I certainly didn't want the, the, the Red Sox to win today. And I thought that Jay Happ pitched a very fine uh, outing today. He just got a left in there, just a couple hitters too long. Uh, nice to see uh, Rafael Devers doing good. Uh, just, you know, not against the Yankees. So. 
that's that's what we like. Our next guy, uh, who is becoming a show of favorite very early on in the season, but we have to keep talking about him. That's Akil Badu. Bless you. Uh, he hit another home run today. Just all this guy does is hit home runs and make exciting plays, it seems. Uh, he's the first Tiger to have four home runs in his first eight MLB games. Uh, it's a pretty good pace. Yeah, it's not bad. No. Yeah. He's on pace for, you know, let's see, 81 home runs. That's just. That's, uh, that, that's fine. I mean, you'll take that any year. Yeah. That's pretty solid. That's not, that's not, not great. That's pretty solid. All right. Our next guy is another returning member of particular players people should care about. And that is Tim Locastro. We recently talked about him having 28 consecutive stolen bases to begin his career. Well, Brandon, he has now extended it to 29. And the steal, the throw wasn't even close on this one. I mean, this guy is, this guy's insane. And it's just a lot of fun to be living in his world. He is a very exciting player because he can't hit a lick to, to like start with, but he just gets on base in the weirdest ways. He gets hit by, by, by pitches more than any other player in the league. And he will gladly uh, steal, steal bases all, all over you. Uh, you know, he, he certainly doesn't steal them at a very often clip, but he picks his spots extremely wisely and to have, have not gotten thrown out yet is really, really impressive and just shows how fast he is. Let's see, this guy is just, he's easily, if not he, if he isn't the fastest player in baseball, he's got to be top two, three right now. Um, we'll certainly be watching more, giving you guys more Tim LoCastro content as we go. The last guy that we're going to talk about is Shane Bieber. Uh, Should have gotten a complete game, a shutout tonight. He's unable to as his offense didn't score any runs in the first nine innings. Uh, He does get the win, though. He went nine innings, allowing three hits, no runs, and striking out 11. Very, very fine performance from from a Shane, Shane Bieber. LJ, uh, you were not as high on him to start the year due to him having COVID in the last few months. Uh, but I was uh, pretty high on him, I'd say. And uh, he has shown so far that he is uh, everything that he was when he won the Cy Young in 2020. Absolutely. And it's fantastic. I mean, you know, I was a little hesitant, especially if you had any, were taking any stock in Cleveland or him in particular of it, just because we've seen it such a crapshoot as to who gets hit hard by this with long-term effects, who's going to end up having that energy drain for long-term. You don't go nine innings if you have any form of energy drain. Like this is unreal. I believe he now has the third most, yeah, the third most strikeouts through three starts in the era where the mound has been where it is. So when, since it was moved back to 60 feet, six inches or whatever it is, I think that was 1873. He is now the third person on that list right behind Nolan Ryan, 
Garrett Cole, and then at four is himself last year. Yeah, his uh, first uh, three three starts have been outstanding, and I'm going to talk about that on the leaderboard segment, which we are doing now, I guess, unless, LJ, you wanted uh, yeah, to say something. It. All right, uh, let's get on to the leaderboard segment, uh, as we do every day. We're going to talk about uh, starting off, of course, with a war pertaining to hitters. We now have uh, someone who is in sole possession of first. Yesterday, we had a three-way tie between Ronald Acuna, Byron Buxton, and J.D. Martinez. Well, now uh, Byron Buxton has taken the lead. He is at 1.2 wins above replacement and leads all hitters. As for pitchers, Tyler Glass now still is in first with 1.3. I thought that maybe Shayna Bieber would be up there. Uh, he is actually only at 0.6 after this start because he had that rough first start on opening day against the Tigers in the snow. So, uh, yeah, but, but a Tyler Glass now, 1.3 war, leads all players in the league. So cool for him. As for home runs, I had already gone over it, but Wilson Ramos now, he's 33. He signs with the 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 Tigers in the offseason, and no one talks about it. No one even bats an eye at it. He's their catcher this year, and he already has six home runs to lead the league. Uh, certainly was not a guy where if you said two weeks into the season, who would be the home run leader? I don't think anyone would have ever guessed uh, Wilson Ramos, but uh, yeah, awesome start for him. LJ, you have an apoplectic reaction on your face right now. Yeah, I just watched the Raphael Devers home run again. <laughs> monster, monster mash. I thought you were getting that excited over uh, Wilson Ramos. If you haven't seen him yank that ball to right field, then you don't understand. Beautiful. Uh, the last one I want to touch on was stolen bases. We talked about this a couple of days ago, but now Ramon Laureano is up to eight stolen bases in nine games. He has a double what the player in second place has for stolen bases. That is Garrett Hampson with four. Uh, LJ, this is interesting that he's already off to a pace where Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. He could have uh, close to, I believe he's on pace for like 130 something, and that would just uh, barely be the the uh, stolen base of record. It's crazy how much a uh, Ricky Henderson did, and just how much he broke all those stolen base records to the point where it's going to be impossible to even get up to that point now. Oh, it's it's absolutely amazing. But this actually provides us a really good segue into our next thing we're going to talk about here which is the fact that, Brennan, we're somehow 
a week and a half into this season, and we're already having more trouble with uh, replay review. So in the Diamondbacks-A's game today, Raymond Laureano was out on a pickoff that was called safe. Like he was clearly out by quite a bit on his hand diving back in to first base and was most certainly tagged. The Diamondbacks went to challenge it. However, Arizona was denied the call because it took longer than 20 seconds to ask for it. Do you think that's a right way to go about this? Well, like I was like, it seems like if you watch any game and they want to challenge it, it's like, someone is just standing there with their hand up on the phone and like they they wait for you like it's not like they enforce that rule very often where it's like all right if it's not within 20 seconds uh we're not gonna give you the challenge so yeah I mean I could go off about this entire uh this entire system that they have why does the call on the field have hold any weight when you're going to actually go and try and change the call like why does it matter what it was called on the field why don't we just get the call right because when you get to the situation where it's like you have to have complete overturnable evidence we get a problem like we did in the Sunday night baseball game where the call on the field in that situation should not matter it's about getting the right call no 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 I think you're misunderstanding first off that was just a terrible misuse of decision making on that replay review The call on the field absolutely should matter, not only for the integrity of the game and the purpose of having um, umpires out there that aren't just watching a replay. Because if it's anywhere close, the game deserves the right of having it go to the guy that was live right there. Like, if the tie goes to the runner, the replay tie should go to the call on the field. It just makes sense with that. But my thing is, first off, I don't understand how you miss it. He had like a good, like, it was like half of his finger. Like if you went down the fingers, about half of his fingers could have been the extra length. So there was a significant extra length between him and first base. And then you think about where the umpire's standing. He's right up that first baseline. He is staring right down at where his fingers are. I don't understand how you miss it. It's not like the Sunday night baseball one where for that type of play and the way that like the players ended up lining up just the random way that that happens, the umpire was not in the best spot to see the call. He was not in the best spot to see whether the foot touched the plate. I mean, I was pretty sure it touched the plate until I saw one specific video angle. So I can understand that. However, I don't understand how that call gets made in the first place. My second issue is, 20 seconds is just such an arbitrary number. So stupid. Like who chose 20 seconds? No, I mean, it it makes no sense. Like, like there's no good logic behind it that I could ever think of. And so frankly, Brandon, I think I figured out the best way it would be changing quite a bit to how things have been operating for years, but the best way to solve all of this. First off, as for this 20-second rule, scrap it. Make the new rule, once the pitcher puts his toe on the rubber, you are no longer allowed to challenge. 
because that does exactly what Rob Manfred wants that speeds up the game. If there's any doubt about the call, that pitch is going to get thrown pretty quick. So it's kind of like in the NFL when like yes. you want to challenge a play and the quarterback is trying to get everyone set so they can just snap the ball really quick. So, so you like, can't challenge the play. So you don't you, have time. You would down. like the 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 MLB equivalent of that is just okay, once the pitcher steps on the rubber, it's it's over. I mean, I think that's a pretty But they could I got a question for you. Do you think that the batter who's then on deck would like intentionally walk up to 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 hit slowly? So that way, like, there isn't anything actually going on. Like, yeah, the starting pitcher could be standing on the mound, but if the batter isn't in the box yet, you know, everything should be fair yeah, game. I mean, so, again, that, so there again, could be a little counter tactics there from, yeah. from the offensive team. Exactly. Such a big part of baseball is the sportsmanship, the – I mean, not actually here, sportsmanship, but, like, the strategies of all of these things to be able – to pull those off. And I think that's frankly a great idea for that. However, I think the bigger issue is the way that it's being approached on the field. And so I suggest this, let's add another umpire. Let it, let's make there be one specific umpire. The, the new crew chief will be in a replay studio gets final call over everything as a crew chief would. And then you have a separate field chief, which will be like the second in command on that field. And so then you have somebody there who's got a head on their shoulders, your best guy looking at these things. And then from there, you can kind of defer everything else outside. The other thing you get by that too, is I'm sure there's a lot of umpires. I can't name of any specifically that, were great and either didn't want to travel anymore because of family or they've just kind of gotten a little too old for them to want to be doing it anymore and have kind of wanted to retire. It could give guys a second shot of the career that are really good, but just couldn't give the commitment. And so I think that would be a, that would be the best way to get the highest quality officiating in baseball. But again, of course, that goes very far away from the game. So I could understand if no one, if other people wouldn't want that. It's just, it's the first option that came to my head. It's interesting. Yeah. Uh, the thing is like, don't they already have like certain people, like certain umps assigned in the studio in where is it in Secaucus or New um, York, wherever they send all the replays too isn't there already umpires in there who like run that like there, that's there how are, we get the calls yeah that there is umpires there and they are part of the call that's being made on the field as well as the umpires that are on the field however i want like the crew chief to be on the, the tv the entire time i want the crew chief to be able to step in if there's a call that he doesn't like and set those straight so i want the top guy who has the top authority top say to be the one looking at the camera and be focused on the camera because the guys that are there giving their input on that camera stuff don't have the same power as some of the guys on the field all right well speaking of pitchers as we were talking about 
toe, putting the toe on the rubber. Brandon, we had a very special pitching outing today from none other than second baseman Hernan Perez. Yes, uh, I want to say that this is our second um, position player pitching this year. I think we missed the the first one, but I heard someone talking about. And I, I, you know, I, I couldn't even tell you what team it was, honestly. There's, we, you know, we talk about so many games every day. But, uh, yeah, LJ, Hernan Perez pitches today for the Washington Nationals. Uh, of course, they lost 14-3 to to the Cardinals. But, LJ, he pitched a pretty good ninth inning, I would say. Or, excuse me, eighth inning. Yeah, so it was the eighth inning, he pitched the full inning. No hits, no earned runs, no walks, and two strikeouts. Brandon, I'm not sure if you've caught any of the highlights or that inning, but it was impressive for as far as position players go. Did you catch any of it, or do you want me to kind of describe it? I did not, but I can see here that it was a one-two-three inning, and um, his 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 line in the box score does look very good. Yeah. So basically. The style is just so much fun to watch. So, of course, this guy's got, like, no real training. He was throwing just about everything somewhere around 54, 55 miles an hour. However, where his strength came from was he basically turned himself into a mix between Johnny Cueto and Zach Greinke with the slow balls. But, like, he was just changing up that delivery every single time one of the strikeouts is absolutely filthy because he he waited completely different times after he got up to the top he held that for like completely random times between each pitch so he was even able to throw that timing off that takes confidence that takes balls to be able to do that and it was a lot of fun to see that inning that is awesome uh look i mean i i'm surprised that we forgot to talk about that Zach Greinke what was it 55 miles an hour the other night yeah yeah I mean (laughs) but I can I can see what each pitch was here so we have to start the inning he faced a Justin Williams 64.1 mile an hour four seam fastball 63 66 then gets him on a swinging strike with a 78.7 mile an hour sinker. So let's see his uh, that next strikeout. He got up to 71 miles an hour on a four seam fastball. And then he got a two pitch out to end the inning uh, on a 64.7 mile an hour four seam fastball. So I'm waiting for his uh, baseball savant uh, pitching. Thing to now show up uh, with his two-pitch uh, repertoire of the sinker and fastball. Uh, yeah, Hernan Perez is the next great pitcher in the league. He's going to be the new Rick Ankeel. He's going to quit hitting and just and just pitch. But loves, well, actually, Rick Rick Ankeel was the opposite. He was a pitcher and then a hitter. So we could see the first the first uh, hitter become so bad that they just want to pitch now. I I want to see it. I don't care. I kind of need to see it now. Yeah, why not, right? Okay, so the last thing we have on the docket for today is just kind of talk about 
the Rays and Kevin Cash's management style because you, you've seen it for a while, but today in particular, I really started to feel bad for these starters or high load guys because uh, particularly the starters, because no matter what happens with their twice through the lineup, X amount of pitches mentality, they're not going to get a fair shake. So of course you have Tyler Glass now yesterday who was pretty vocal about the fact that he isn't happy with getting pulled with 102 pitches when he was absolutely dealing out there. And this is of course just speculation, but I've been saying this for a long time. I think very similar reasoning had to do with that Blake Snell contract. I don't think you pay. I don't think you necessarily pay the guy in the first place. If you're going to just bail that easily. Like they didn't, it wasn't like there was a lot of talk of them shopping and it just happened. So I would not be shocked if that was a major reasoning behind it and that Blake Snell was very much in support of getting out of Tampa after what happened in that World Series. And now, Uh, go ahead. Yeah, uh, I mean, it's certainly a very interesting situation the way that, that a Kevin Cash uses his starters because we saw today against the, the Texas Rangers once Ryan, Ryan Yar, Yarborough had allowed like five or six runs, there was no point in taking him out because they were already down by so much that. So he just said, all right, I'm going to let you pitch six innings, which like is weird. Like it's so weird that we think that it's weird for a race pitcher to go for six innings. Like, what is the game coming to that? It's like, wow, he got the six innings. Like, that's just so, you know, I, I don't know. It's, but yeah, it's, you know, it's, them. it's an odd situation. But I think the bigger thing that I issue I have is the fact that Ryan Yarborough is 0-2. This is going to overall be a image issue for players, pitchers that play in Tampa right now because they're not going to be thought of unless you've got like the diehard stat guys and the really good baseball minds that follow it every day. They're not going to be thought of among the top pitchers in the game, which Ryan Yarborough and Tyler Glass now absolutely should be. I mean, you take, you take out this, this game, this game was not good. I'm not saying that it was. However, past that, over these past two years, he's been very good. Ryan Yarbrough. Yes. Ryan Yarbrough. Yeah. So but he's never going to get that recognition because he's not going to get those totals. He's not going to get the innings. He's not going to get the strikeouts and more so again, no, a lot of people don't like it. I don't mind the win stat. He's not going to get the wins. And realistically, there's no reason he is not an Owen two pitcher, but of course you take this one out and you've got Owen one, which means a no, which was a no decision and a loss, which was like a fluky two gave up two runs situation where how can you be mad with a guy getting the loss that gave up only two runs so he's just going to get screwed out of these wins because he's not going to be allowed to go the five innings or rarely going to be allowed to go the five innings and really finish things for himself so that's going to end up reflecting poorly on him yeah uh you know, and it's also interesting. Uh, I think it was Andrea from Scout Girl 
report, she had done a video about why Ryan, Ryan uh, Yarborough lost his arbitration uh, thing, what's it called, arbitration hearing, I'm sorry, because the way the, the stats that they use in those hearings, uh, it's actually just the most basic tra traditional stats. It goes on your wins, your strikeouts, your your innings pitched, uh, you know, and your ERA. There is no ERA plus used in those. There is no FIP. There isn't anything. And they're still in like the 1960s when it comes to how they choose those. And so he missed out on a lot of money this year uh, due to him not winning his arbitration case because of his low win numbers and such. But not only that, uh, like, look, while – it hurts the players for sure, like guys like Tyler Glass now, and it hurt Blake Snell in the World Series, and not only that, but in years past. I mean, while these guys aren't aren't uh, getting the the wins, the the Tampa Bay Rays organization certainly is getting wins using this a strategy. I mean, we can look and see what what, what they've done in the last two two seasons. They've been you know, one of the best teams in the league last year. And then in 2019, uh, we're certainly not a terrible team uh, for that matter. You know, they go, they win 96 games. So LJ, you know, it, it does work. It's just, you know, we're it's just so not used to seeing guys get taken out so early and just seeing the, the, the bullpen pitch so many innings per game. I, I never I never meant that it doesn't work. In some situations, it isn't necessary. There was no good reason to a take out Snell, but we're not going to get back into that tangent that everybody's been on. But there was no good reason to take Class now out last night. He looked fine. He had plenty of gas in that tank. And if you're going to let him go that far into the game, anyways, if you're going to let him go to 102 pitches, why not give him at least a shot to get up in the 110, 115 this time around and close out that game. Because in the grand scheme of things, especially with the way you do it, you do your pitching staff, he's not going to throw 115 pitches again this year. It's not like this is going to, being over 100 pitches is going to become a regular thing for him. It just isn't. They're going to have plenty of time to rest him. So I understand how it works. I'm just saying it really, it, it gives it gives the players the shaft here because I mean, the win is a good stat for starters. I still say it, it is, it should not be the only thing taken into consideration in any conversation. However, it shows execution in a lot of scenarios. If you are performing to the point where your team can win and it's because of you, if you're going those five, six innings, only allowing a couple of earned runs each time out you're going to rack up those wins that means something I think I still think being a 20 25 win guy means something in this league and overall robbing them of a that status symbol and b the contract money as you talked about is is really not fair but I mean that's how the Rays always work to get the cheapest yeah dealer. two two things on that the first on on a Tyler Glass now uh, I can see why why Kevin Cash did did a pull him uh last night or two nights ago. 
Uh, first of all, it's still April. These guys are coming off a 60-game season. Uh, pitching anything over like 110 of pitches would scare me a lot as a manager. Not only that, it was a one-run game. Uh, the Rays got their first run there in that seventh inning. Uh, and it was like, okay, yeah, we can – yes, this guy is is dealing. He has 14 strikeouts, but he's also just one bad pitch away from a tie game, and then Kevin Cash looks like an idiot once again for not pulling him. I mean, it is early. It's April. I wouldn't be uh, comfortable at all with one of my uh, pitchers going – long uh at least like 115 pitches in that situation but i thought he should have been able to close out that eighth inning like uh, pulling him after a uh, seven and two thirds is just like dumb like just it's nonsensical i mean realistically yeah second it um, not ha- happened go ahead regarding uh what did you finish on there uh what were you just talking about um, we were talking about overall the way that wins is still. Oh, the win stat, the win stat. So, um, look, I also am not a huge hater of the win stat, but I hate when it gets used in the wrong way. Like when someone looks at a guy like Jacob DeGrom and is like, you know, he only has 70 career wins. Yes, but he's also the best pitcher in the league and has been. For since uh, the 2018 season, and you hasn't, know, it hasn't gotten run support in his entire major league career. No, and like the fact that your offense has so much to do with the win is why people don't like it because it's not like the 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 starting pitcher realistically he doesn't have that much control over the win because you have to go five innings and you have to exit the game with a lead, so. I prefer a stat like quality starts, which hmm. is just all based on what the the pitcher does and not based on the, what his offense does. So as of right now, there's only two pitchers who have three quality starts this year, that being Tyler Glass now and Sandy Alcantara. Now, Tyler Glass now is another guy oh. this year who has just gotten ravaged by his his uh, run support. You know. Is it- is it two or three? Because you only know. Uh, okay. Two guys have three quality okay. starts is what I meant to say. I'm sorry. Uh, but Tyler Glassman is a guy who has gotten just absolute zero run support this year. That first start against Miami, he only gets uh, one run of support, and it was in the seventh inning there on opening day, and he had left in the sixth inning. So he doesn't get a decision for that game. That – game against the Boston Red Sox on April 6th, the one that LJ attends. Uh, He leaves after six innings, allowing only one run. Uh, He leaves with the Rays uh, actually up. They were winning, but they end up losing that game uh, six to five. So he gets another no decision. This time he goes Seven and two-thirds, 14 strikeouts, and his offense only scores one run for him. And so it's just like, when are they going to score for him so it's not like such a big deal? Because 
I hate to see these good starting pitchers like Jacob DeGrom, like Tyler Glasnow, just have their offenses just for whatever reason, whenever they they pitch, they can't do anything. But the other four days, they'll score 10 runs. Like, you know what I mean? It's just like, why yeah. do the Mets throw it away every time they have him starting? It's like you have to put a worse starter out there. Like, I don't I even know level what it of is. Comfort. To, to an extent, it's a level of comfort knowing he's on, on the mound. Because, I mean, really the only knock you can have on Jacob deGrom is occasionally he will have a bad start. Like Everyone has a bad start. Yeah, but, like, him him in particular, it's interesting because, like, you look at the top guys, but, like, he'll he'll be absolutely lights out for weeks, maybe even months on end, and then all of a sudden he'll self-destruct. And so that was his big – that was his big uh, – focus and pressure last season was I can't have that self-destruct start in a 60 game season if I'm not going to be getting these wins. So, yeah, I mean, you really have to look at peripheral numbers because wins itself is a display of out of overall outcomes of overall, how the team executed with you really at the helm. Because as much as they're not in total control, they control a lot of it. I mean, the pitcher, the pitcher controls the majority of what happens in those half innings for at least five of those innings if they're trying to get the win. So it's not like they're, they're not in complete control of that stat. However, they're in a lot of it. So that's why I really like the fact that you're looking at overall over the season, how many times have you fully you along with your team fully executed to bring them to that point that's why I still think it has a case in the Cy Young but like you can't have one without the other like you can't have ERA whip ERA plus even FIP without having the wins in your in a Cy Young conversation just because you could have a great you, you could legitimately have a great season, but if your team isn't winning because you're on the mound, then are you really what's, – what's the point? I mean, yes, but also we saw a guy like uh, Felix Hernandez who was the best pitcher in the league for a few years and got historically bad run support. Uh, I'll have to find the stat for one day, but over like the 2009-2010 seasons – Felix Hernandez got atrocious run support. In 2010, he le- he leads all of MLB with a 2.27 ERA and goes 13 and 12. Like, come on. Are, are, are you serious? A 174 ERA plus over 250 innings of work, and he gets a 13 and 12 uh, record. It's just you know, you, you just hate to see it with those kind of guys. And I should have clarified earlier what exactly a, a quality start is, is to, to get a quality start, you need to pitch six innings and allow three earned runs or less. That's the only criteria for it. So uh, you would assume that if a pitcher can do that, they would be in pretty good shape to get the win. So the quality start doesn't entirely replace the win stat for starters, but it does allow you to show what starters uh, put themselves in line for, for a win the most often. It, it's all, it's all about who, 
helps them. I think the big thing is who helps themselves get to success and get and actually gets there. Because like, if you look at, let's look at. Um, actually, I do want to see this. Um, who was ahead of him? Because he went, he so Felix Hernandez ends up second to Zach Granke the year before. Zach Granke honestly had. Yeah, so honestly, I think this is a very interesting case. So Felix Hernandez has a two four nine ERA in twenty or two thousand nine. Finishes second in the AL Cy Young voting to Zach Greinke, who had sixteen wins. So he had less wins than him, more losses than Hernandez. However, Zach Greinke had a two point one six ERA that season. So that's where you have to take everything into context. And if you're not really paying that close attention, that's not going to happen, which again, to bring us back full circle, not every baseball fan is going to pay that close attention. They're not going to look at all of those peripherals. They're just going to see the wins and that not only hurts contracts, but that hurts branding. I mean, you think about all of these guys, uh, Clayton Kershaw, Honestly, I can think of less pitchers that have major branding deals than hitters, but like all of these baseball players with major branding deals and stuff, you could be a great pitcher, but if you're not getting the stats that people really think about and know, then you're really going to end up struggling to build a brand for yourself. Yeah, uh, absolutely. I agree. And I'm just going to make one more point on this. I think that last point you made, it could go the same for a hitter who maybe doesn't get a lot of home runs and RBIs, but is still a very productive hitter. I'm trying mm-hmm. to think of a good example for that. Maybe a guy like a, a DJ LeMahieu, you know, back in the day, this mm-hmm. is a guy who, yes, even though he had a, he has very, very good uh, batting averages. Other than that 2019 season, we never really saw him hit for power. And so he wouldn't be considered a good hitter to those people when obviously if you watch him play, if you watched him play last year where he does hit 10 home runs, so not a lot, but uh, was on pace to hit probably 20-something again, uh, you know, is a guy who you could just tell is the best hitter in a lineup. And I think it could go the same way for like home runs, RBIs, even a low batting average. Now, you know, there's some, there's still people who aren't fully on the on base percentage uh, camp uh, over, over batting average. So you could see a guy like a power hitter, a guy like, like a Bryce Harper, who is historically not a great uh, batting average guy, you know, his, he, he sits around two, two, two seventy, which to the baseball tra- traditionalist is not good. You know, to them, a good quote unquote, good hitter hits 300, but obviously Bryce Harper is still one of the most efficient and productive players in the game. So it's interesting the way that some people still uh, look at stats, you know, not, not everyone is looking at OPS plus and ERA plus and war and that stuff. But, you know, I think that these, these, uh, it comes to the point, and this is full full circle on the race topic, that a guy like Kevin Cash, he doesn't give one crap about whether or not his his uh, starter is going to get the win or not. He just wants to win the game. So it gets to the point where it's like, I don't care if this guy goes five innings because all of our analytics say 
that once they face the 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 lineup for a third time, they get uh, way worse, way worse pitching than they do the first two times through. So, yeah, you know, it, it's interesting what all the analytics say and how these stats all pertain to it. And uh, well, it's not an issue. It's just like a really interesting topic to talk about to really see, you know, which guys have gotten screwed over by not, not a lot of run support and, you know, not being able to get that win statistic. But uh, yeah, I, I am actually going to make this an issue now just for the sake, partially for the sake of hot take, but it really couldn't be because we talk about it the way we talked about it here really shows if he's not really caring about player statistics, I'm not saying he should. I'm not saying at all that coaches should focus on their players' individual stats over team wins. However, with that being said, you have to have some form of middle ground, which he has not really shown with any of his pitchers to the point where you have the player relationship status where a guy feels comfortable knowing that if he's if he is feeling really comfortable on the mound, he's not going to have his coach screwing around with that. This is really the first time we're seeing any of this stuff tried in the majors. And so long-term, we have not seen yet the ramifications of a team having guys play almost entirely their whole career in this environment, both socially and from a play standpoint. So that, that this could hypothetically blow up in the Rays' faces some years down the line when guys have just had enough of cash. Of course, I'm not saying he's a bad manager by any means. I'm just saying it's a, it's a tight rope to walk when you make these decisions. Certainly. And I think the one thing that we are for, for uh, not talking about, I'm going to make this point and then we will get out of here. We're approaching 3 a.m. Eastern time, but we do it for all you guys who listen. Uh, why not? But the one thing that we are forgetting about is, you know, with the amount of times that, that, that the Rays use an opener, if you use an opener, you're essentially telling the starting pitcher, I don't give a shit whether or not you can get the win today. Because if you use an opener, right, like it makes it dramatically harder for the for the guy who is the actual starter that day, you know, not the opener, but the guy who comes in after him. Uh, it makes it dramatically harder for him to be able to get the win at that point. So you're right. It, he does walk a very fine line of, you know, how do I keep all my players happy, even though we are winning, but they may not be getting the stats that they, that their performance says that they should be getting. Cause there's guys who are certainly overperforming their, their stats there. And they just aren't, aren't getting them due to the way that that team is run. But mm. yeah, uh, really nice conversation on this. Uh, you know, I wasn't expecting it to turn into this long conversation, but that was great. Uh, I'm yeah. always down for these kind of conversations at the end of these shows. I'm a big fan of them, but uh, I think that that is going to wrap up this episode of the MLB daily podcast. Uh, make sure you're following us on Twitter at MLB daily pod. Make sure you're following LJ at LJ underscore VP underscore La Fiora. Make sure you're following me at Brandon underscore Karam. And then 
Follow the the Belly Up accounts at Belly Up Sports and at Belly Up Podcast. Uh, but that is gonna do it. Uh, have a good one, everyone. And as always, we will be back tomorrow to break down the games from Wednesday, April fourteenth, in the MLB. Hopefully, have a good one. Lucky Land Casino asking people, "What's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky?" Lucky in line at the deli, I guess. Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.